Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tea and Pepper Soup, the podcast. My name is Moyatsu Banyakista, and I am your host. And today, we have a special guest, somebody who I admire so much, and a sister of mine who will be chatting with us. Her name is Nadia Sisse. Hi, Nadia. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great today. So, Thank you. So, so, so happy to have you. Um, I'll introduce you just briefly on the podcast. Of course, we have so much time to get into the chit chat and just get all the tea and pepper soup we need for our souls on this podcast. <laughs> and I can't wait. Um, so a little bit about Nadia. Nadia was born in Freetown, Sierra Leone, and she was raised in Washington, D.C. So she's a diasporan and she spent her childhood really exploring museums in um, in D.C., in the Smithsonian, um, etc., and really has a genuine love for art. Combined with her West African heritage, um, produced a writing and editorial focus on the arts and culture of Africa and the diaspora. So that really, Nadia really does have a heart for um, African diasporic art, history, and all things in between. Her work has been featured on platforms such as OK Africa, Afribuku, a Spanish language magazine on contemporary African art. Basically, she's the bomb and doing some really <laughs> awesome things. She's a writer. Um, she's written for platforms. She's the founding editor of her platform, which is Blank Modern Africa, which we'll talk about, a platform that I truly love to follow online and just learn about art through her eyes. Um, and she's also written for quite a number of um platforms, international platforms. She earned her bachelor's degree in international business from George Washington University and has postgraduate studies in interior design and contemporary art and art business um, with Kokoran College of Art and Design and Sotheby's Institute of Art, respectively. So she really, truly is committed to the idea of art, design, and global contemporary culture. So without further ado, Nadia, we're going to get into the conversation today. So the first thing I really wanted to chat with you about is, you know, what really led you to go into art, travel, and culture? I think what's really interesting to me is, to me, as a West African diasporan American, it's very interesting that there's not a lot of, first of all, there's not a lot of women in this space. There's not a lot of African women in this space. There's not a lot of young African women in this space. So I find you to be such a trailblazer and such a liver <laughs> of life in many ways. But what really led you to say, you know what, I really want to go into this. When did this start? Well, first, thank you so much for that um, introduction. I'm even blushing right now. <laughs> and um, it's such a pleasure to be with you on your podcast. So thank you very much for this pleasure. opportunity. Um, what led me into art, travel, and culture? Wow. To be honest, it's a, it's a path that I never even planned on from the beginning. When I graduated college, if someone would have told me that this is where my life would be, 10 or so years in the future, I wouldn't have, I would have just said how. I couldn't even, you know, conceptualize it. Um, as you said, I studied international business and uh, I actually was working in commercial real estate development at the time. Mm. And that's something that I had gotten into in undergrad 
um, seemingly by happenstance, although we find in life that, you know, God works everything together, every step you take, it's not random, it's ordained. Um, so at the time I was working in commercial real estate development, graduated in 2009, when that market just flattened mm. with the with the uh, real estate bubble. And um, there was panic amongst, you know, just, not just me, but people of my graduating class on where are we going to work? What are we going to do? Um, so after graduation, I was fortunate to continue to have jobs in real estate. Mm-hmm. And um, from real estate, I got into wanting to pursue architecture. Mm. And um, architecture led me, and I'm, I'm summarizing a bit here, led me to interior design. Mm-hmm. Which are they're complementary fields. Mm-hmm. Each discipline is is different, but they do work together um, for the realization of a project. So I enrolled in Corcoran to study interior design for my master's program. Mm-hmm. And one of my early courses for that program was to take art history. And I took art history and it just completely blew my mind. And I fell in love with the discipline. And was so curious about the study of art that I I say I just put interior design to the side and started getting into art more seriously. Um, only later on did I realize that growing up and going to the museums uh, as a young child would really set the groundwork um, for my interest in art. And while I was studying art history, I really got into writing. Um, it's something I'd always been passionate about, but I started to look at writing from a more professional angle mm. and that blossomed into um, getting freelance contracts and the opportunity to do editorial work for different platforms and getting to work specifically in the discipline of contemporary African art just inter- was an interest point for me because it brought my heritage into my work and it became a really good marriage of the topics that I was interested in. Wow. That's pretty interesting. And I think amazing (laughs) how you just all these things came together. And just like you said, you know, nothing is by happenstance. Everything is divinely Mm -hmm. orchestrated in our lives in, in many ways. You know, when you talked about just how you pivoted and how things kind of just shifted into the art, the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, I wonder how her community, her family responded to the pivot, <laughs> to the switch. You know, like, we are from, you know, a Sierra Leonean, specifically Sierra Leonean West African background. So I can only imagine, I mean, the beautiful thing is it sounds like your parents were a part of this, you know, going to Smithsonian and things like that. But now to actually say it, not this you want for do, like, this is what I want <laughs> yeah. you to do as a career. <laughs> How did your parents react? I'm so curious. Wow. So it's it, totally different, right? So as a child, my mom took me to the museums in DC, the, the various Smithsonian museums. And I, I admit, I wasn't excited about it then. You know, as a nine, 10 year old, you don't really want to spend your Saturday in a museum. That's not your idea of fun. <laughs> Um, (laughs) as, as you could imagine pre adolescence. Right. Um, and, but I don't think that even then she thought that, or she was aware that she was laying the foundation for Mm -hmm. something. Um, so when I 
made it known that I was getting serious about writing and art. You know, my mother's very open-minded and I love her for that, but it, it was still a jolt going from international business to the design field. The first thing your parents wonder is, well, your, your living, your viability, what does this look like? Because it's certainly not a traditional career path. It's not law. It's not medicine or anything established like that. Um, faith <laughs> that's all I have to say I am mm. thankful that she is a woman of faith um so right. that that made it a little easier to to translate um into a term understandable for for parents of our generation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. I thank God that he's continued to put opportunities in my path and mm -hmm. allow my career to grow in a way that the question has answered itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's amazing. And, and really, I mean, just following your journey, like literally, I feel like I'm like, where's Nadia today? Like, <laughs> I'll see you in like London or like Morocco and things like that. I want to talk a little bit about just like, we talked a bit about your childhood and mm -hmm. how, but like, Tell me about like unique, maybe like a particular moment in your childhood that you, you now flash back on and were like, mm -hmm. wow, this is directly connected to kind of where I am. You know, there are certain things that sometimes happen in our childhood that we may dismiss even in our, you know, teenage years, even in our early 20s, you know, but at some point you sit back and you reflect on certain things. Was there a moment for you in your childhood that you look back on? You're like, oh my God, this is how this connects to where I am today when it comes to your kind of art um, design journey? Hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you and say I haven't had that particular moment mm -hmm. where I, f I tried to zero in mm -hmm. on the the tipping point, let's say, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. from my childhood mm -hmm. of when I came to this realization. I will say that in general, I've always been inclined to the creative field. Mm. I've always enjoyed my art courses and would draw on the side, although that's nothing to, you know, I, I wouldn't put my drawings up in a gallery. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not, <laughs> that's not my calling, but, but just for, for um, enjoyment and relaxation. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I've enjoyed writing mm -hmm. in undergraduate, uh, my school was starting a program, uh, a writing intensive program and required all freshmen to take it. And it's one of the courses that I really excelled in. Mm -hmm. Although maybe at the time I didn't think of myself in the capacity of a writer yeah. or um, editorial work or journalism. But looking back, those were courses that I truly, truly enjoyed. Mm. Tell us about just a typical, like, of course, very you're very multifaceted as far as the creative, right? Like you, you you're somebody who um, curates content around art, curates art, collects art. Um, you have your media platform. You travel a lot um, as as it relates to art shows and things like that. Walk us through like a typical project, for instance, that you maybe something you're currently wor working on, or one of your favorite projects that you've worked on. In, in the recent past, tell us a little bit about that experience, like really get us in your world of, of what it looks like to be Nadia Sisse in kind of the art design writing space. Uh -huh. um, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
By the I, way, I gave Nadia, just for the audience, I gave Nadia some prep questions, but I also told her there would be some surprises. So here are the surprises coming up. Yeah, you're, you're keeping me on my toes for sure. <laughs> but, you know, I appreciate this, especially being the start of the year. It's good to reflect back mm-hmm. um, on some of the things that brought us to where we are now yeah. in 2020. Um, one project that I really enjoyed that I I had the great opportunity to work with you on was um, for True Africa when Mm. I did a editorial project on writing different articles on Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. And this was what, maybe two or three years ago? Yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the platform dedicated um, a couple of weeks of published works to Sierra Leone. So I got to interview you, um, interview um, the London-based designer, Sydney Davies, mm-hmm. and um, Young Sal, who's a great performer from Freetown, who's performed internationally, not mm-hmm. only in countries on the continent, but also here in the U.S. And it was just a great opportunity to bring forth uh, the discussion on what our generation is doing from our country, because the narrative sometimes can be isolated to um, some of the issues our country has had with, mm-hmm. you know, the war and, and Ebola and all. But as you know, as your listeners know, there's so much more than that. Yeah. So that was a great project that I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, living here in the States, I don't always have that um, immediate physical connection to the country. Mm-hmm. So it was a great learning opportunity for me as well mm-hmm. um, to know what's going on in terms of youth culture. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that project. I'm a storyteller as well. And I I love seeing our stories being told. And I really enjoyed the questions that you asked. And it was actually one of my favorite um, interviews. So thank you for that amazing work that you put into it. Um, I want to also talk about just like, um, I think about two years ago, there was um, the 154 Art Fair which I was invited to by OK Africa. And I was like, who could I, how could I make this experience um, open to other people, right? Like I wanted to find a way to open the experience to other people as I was going through just various art um, galleries or stations that were curated for this particular um, art show. And I reached out to you and I I said, you know what, Blanc Modern uh, via... Instagram stories could be a good way to share some of the content of what I was seeing and experiencing and things like that. Tell us a little bit about Blanc Modern Africa. Tell us about that world of just even, you know, being able to go to art galleries and see art and tell us a little bit about, you know, one of the things I remember asking you after that experience was, I remember how saturated the space was with the people who were like actually own, who actually quote unquote own the art being folks who didn't look like me and you they they were like folk not folks of color but a lot of folks of color were there consuming the art talk to me a little bit about and to us really about being a woman of color in that space I I can only imagine it's a space of empowerment in many ways but I can imagine some of the other nuances when it comes to power and balance and things like that from just what I saw that day. I mean, I enjoyed the art and took it all in, but I did come back thinking, oh, wow. And Nadia is in a lot of these spaces. What must it be like for her to be just 
taking in all this beautiful art and really just absorbing it and learning about it and writing about it and meeting all these curators, etc. But also the other side of it, right? Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I also want to start off by saying thank you because that was the first Instagram takeover on Long Water in Africa. <laughs> so, it was so fun. Thank you. <laughs> I, so I enjoyed it so much. I don't do takeovers much, but it was so nice. I was like, oh, I know the perfect platform that can appreciate this. Even though some of your followers wanted to like jump down my throat for like little things yeah. that I did it. I was like, okay, here go the art people. Like, sorry guys. I'm new to this world. Thank God for people like Nadia who make the space, don't gatekeep the space. Because I feel like there's a lot of gatekeeping in the art space, yeah. you know? So I mm-hmm. want I want to hear from you on, on that piece, yeah. Just your experience and and what you think about that, yeah. So being in those spaces now, it, it is empowering as an African woman. Mm-hmm. Um, being in, in art fairs and different sort of arts events, I feel very proud and and not that not speaking in terms of my pride, but proud that this is the output from the continent mm-hmm. and that it's getting uh, so much international attention that's way overdue, way overdue, because we've been creating art for forever. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> forever. centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for centuries. Um, I will say that when I first started attending fairs, I was definitely intimidated. Um, mm. Being amongst collectors and artists and people who had been in the international commerce game for so long and being a newbie, um, especially one who, who came from a different discipline mm-hmm. and feeling out my way. Um, but a lot of times it, you, I find that we feel intimidated when internally we may feel like we don't belong in this space mm. or we're not enough to be in a space. And so I overcame a lot of those anxieties mm. by working within Wow, and telling myself that, no, I'm here because I'm supposed to be here because God put me here. Therefore, my presence here is enough. Wow. I may not have the title of curator or collector or artist or gallerist, um, especially when I was first starting out. But me being here is enough. Any space that you're in is enough. The space should be deserving of you. Therefore, by you being there is enough with or without title, with or without educational background or skill capacity that is enough so it definitely starts um from empowering yourself from within Mm -hmm. and I feel that that confidence that grows as a result of that gravitates people towards you so that you're able to to build a network and and not just in a professional sense but the, the friends I've made in this space are great people and we enjoy each other's company and have conversations outside of the art space. That's so but again, it, it starts from, from working from within, uh, yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. And that's so profound that you have to do that work. And, you mm-hmm. know, w- tell us, like, what did that look like for you doing the work to be like, you know, because there is such a thing as like imposter syndrome, even beyond kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just in general, right? Like you're in a space. I mean, it happens to me sometimes. You know, I had a mentee of mine asked me this 
um, last year. Like, do you experience this? Like, you know, she had been accepted to this amazing platform and she was like, you know, do you experience that when you're in new spaces that you're not familiar with, you all of a sudden start feeling like, oh my God, like, you know, etc. I said, yeah, I think everybody goes through that, like, that thought process. The question is, how do you get yourself out of it within a time period of not sabotaging your light? You know, like mm-hmm. there's a reason why you're there. You know, mm-hmm. if if God didn't want you there, he wouldn't have created a space for you to be there. So the fact that you're there. But what did, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you when you're going through those moments of like self-doubt or, you know, man, like, you know, w- w- what does that process of really bringing yourself to believing like the faith piece is, I guess, what I'm getting at and whatever else, but practical, like. Tell us practically, what does that look like for you when you go through those type of experiences in general? Mm -hmm. Right. And I'll say that, you know, imposter syndrome creeps up from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that I've reached this point that I never feel inadequate or I Mm -hmm. I never, ever have self-doubt because I still have those moments. Practical things I did were um, if I was scared of something, I would encourage myself to do it. For example, being at an art fair and seeing an artist that I've read about and I admire their work, but I'm I'm scared to say something, you know, would they think my question was dumb was something that (laughs) used to to creep across my mind frequently. Mm -hmm. But I would put myself in um in a position to just ask a question or even give a congratulatory comment to say, Oh, it's so great to see your work here, you know. I've followed it for a while and it's very nice to meet you. Even something little like that, even if we're not engaging in a long conversation after that, it's just little steps you take to overcome your fears that become a bit easier and easier going forward. Um, When I first started writing as a freelancer, I would ask for interviews that never happened. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't take those things personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I think rejection is part of the process, mm-hmm. but as long as you build from that and go better and, or, and go harder <laughs> for whatever, however you could interpret that, um, th- those are practical things that help me, you know, push on and push on. And I think it's Michael Jordan who may have said, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So mm. had I not disciplined myself in, asking for opportunities there were experiences I've had that would have never come up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's powerful I think that's really powerful like you really have to push past the fear like you said Mm -hmm. I really like that Mm -hmm. you know and rejection is so important right because that's what kind of gives you the fuel to keep going and not taking things personal I think I noticed that people a lot of times, especially I, I would say millennials, a lot of times I, a lot of my mentees, sometimes they'll be like, well, so-and-so happened or this and this happened. And it's like, don't worry about that situation and don't personalize everything. Sometimes it just has mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. Sometimes it means there, it, it's not the right thing for you. And maybe God right. is protecting you from something. And sometimes you also run into these things years later and the opportunity comes back in a different way. You know, there's exactly. been many times where, I'm trying to reach this person or this opportunity. And then all of a sudden God brings it back ten, tenfold in a completely different way. And I'm like, okay, you exactly. always had me, you know, so even just that frame of, of thought, I want to also talk about, you know, 
you're a Christian and, and a woman of faith, and I want to talk about how has faith contributed to your journey. You you write, you um, kind of travel and collect um, art and curate pieces on art and are really in the art space, and you're also in real estate as well. I know we talked on the back end about this a little bit. Tell us how, as a Christian woman, your faith has really helped to contribute to your journey. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll give you the the recap of my faith journey. Okay. Um, I When I moved to this country, I attended Catholic school, and I was in Catholic school from... Um, kindergarten all the way through eighth grade so roughly nine years of my life like that was the foundation (laughs) that was the foundation um of my education but and, and this is not to knock the the catholic education in any way but I found that I knew who God was but I didn't really know him like it's this figure I'd heard of that we've talked about for a while but I wasn't aware of like the practical implication of what it mean of what it meant to have God in my life. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 2009, I had graduated college and you know, things were, were hard then as I alluded to before with the economy, with finding jobs. And um, I know I said I was fortunate to have a job in real estate, but I had two jobs in real estate. I was working two part-time jobs to keep everything, to keep everything together. Um, After, I think the time that I left real estate and was transitioning in my professional life to um, a more art focused space, my personal life wasn't as fluid. Um, I had a bad breakup in my early twenties, in my mid twenties, excuse me. And that led me to a really, really low place emotionally. And Moyatu, I tell you, I tell your listeners that if it had not been for God, I mean, I was so low. I really wasn't valuing myself. I I felt lost in so many ways. And it started with YouTube and just listening to a certain sermon um, from this preacher out in Virginia over Mm -hmm. and over and over. I mean, I was playing it morning noon and night and it really started to sink into my um subconscious and that's when I started thinking okay who who is this god who is this figure what what's what's going on here um and I started getting more confident in my personal life my professional situation improved and looking back I, I said well this is nothing but God. This is nothing but, but his love for me that has brought me out of that pit, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and to this point. And so that's when I really started to build my one-on-one with him. And the interesting thing is I would not be here in this place where I call him my Lord and Savior and know him as that had it not been for that period in life. Mm-hmm. That was so low, but he brought me out and I said, this is, I know the hand of God. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Even though I'd heard about him, you know, throughout my whole life, reading the Bible, you know, we would go to mass or church once a week in school growing up. I still didn't have this personal relationship with him 
um, that I do now and seeing how he'd worked, um, he'd worked for me on my personal life, but also professionally from, you know, the hustle of, of working two jobs and trying to keep it together in real estate when the market had crashed up again, you know, up to now it's, it's nothing but a testimony, honestly. Amen. Amen. I think that's really powerful. And I think when I was, I think I was listening to uh, Priscilla Shire the other day. She was Mm -hmm. talking about the importance of having the voice of God, hearing the voice of God clearly in 2020 and Mm -hmm. ensuring that we're not hearing God through secondary sources. And I think what you just shared is so critical, right? Like, you know, it's nice to every now and then get an encouraging word from somebody or, you know, a sermon and things like that. But what's more powerful, I think, um, in your Christian faith walk is having that one-on-one. Like when you can wake up in the morning and feel the presence of God and have that conversation to say, thank you so much for breathing another breath on me this morning. Thank you mm-hmm. for waking me up. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for taking me out of that situation. Thank you, you know, like, and really being able to hear him, feel his love, feel his presence. And um, that's amazing that mm-hmm. that you, that you've been able to really cultivate that, you know, um, so I'm, I have I want to add, if I could just add something. You mentioned Priscilla. I watched a short video recently from her dad, Pastor mm. Tony Ed- Evans. And um, it's something he said just after, I believe, his wife's funeral. And he talked about how, you know, we make plans. But ultimately, we have to offer up the plan to God with an open hand to say, this is what I want. But I'm giving you room to amend it as Amen. you please. Because Absolutely. he had plan to travel places with his wife and then she passed um about a month ago um so keeping my palm open to change it as you please and that really caused me to reflect you know because I had a completely different life (laughs) in my mind laid out for me and God has and sometimes I held on to it more firmly than I should Mm. but seeing how he's molded it and amended it to make it to this point nothing but gratitude. Amen. Amen. You know, like there's a a verse in the Bible that says man makes their plans, but God Mm -hmm. orders their steps, you know? And so that's so important. I mean, the last episode we, um, we did, I say we, cause it's me and God and (laughs) and Jesus. But, um, the last episode was about just the importance of even before, you know, Mm -hmm. this stage where, you know, especially in this month of January, there's just a lot going on. It's like, okay, what am I doing for the year? Rush, rush. Okay, boom, let me do this. Boom, let me do. And sometimes we run ahead of God, you know, or sometimes we'll have all these plans and have this rigidity about them in our minds and miss out on what God can really do to shape them, you know? And so thank you for sharing that piece. I think that's so important and so critical because he ultimately, um, is the, 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 the potter, you know, where to clean yes. his hand. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think regardless really... of that vision board that you mentioned, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. let's make the vision board, but let's make sure it's been revealed to us what he wants. And he, God is not mm-hmm. going to reveal everything to you for 2020 upfront. He's going to reveal point A to B. Here's what I need you to do right now. Boom. Mm-hmm. You obey, you do it. Okay. 
then the next unfolds, then the next unfolds. Then the, that's why trust and faith is so important. If God showed us December 2020, we'll go mm-hmm. crazy. We won't be able yeah. to even take those plans, let alone knowing the, the whole plans for our lives. You know, yeah. so I think that's so important and so critical that you stress that. Um I want to talk a little bit more about kind of your your work. Is there anything else? I know we've talked a little about real estate, but tell us a little bit about just like in addition to your art, your business, your writing, because you're so multifaceted. What else do you do to like basically for work? Like how do you manage everything, I guess, just so our, our listeners can get a good sense of like, you know, the well-roundedness of your work, etc. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, you mean manage like a, like time management and juggling everything? Yeah, juggling everything. You know, I, are you still in real estate? Yeah, that type of. Um, I, I wouldn't say professionally in real estate. It's more uh, personal. On the personal um, end, got it. My involvement in the market. But my focus now is on art. And so I, I write. I travel to exhibits. Nice. Um, I'm this year really want to branch out uh, beyond writing and get into more like arts management types of projects. Um, I hope that's something to share with the world also known as Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We look forward. (laughs) We look forward. We look forward to seeing more of it. Have you been, um, have you been thinking about just the Sierra Leone or, you know, cause we're, we're from Sierra Leone originally. So I'm always, I think I asked you this question on the back and like, is that a space that you, you are interested in at some point? Um, just like the Sierra Leone art space, cause it's such a vibrant space and I mm-hmm. feel like so underrated in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, is that a space you're looking to dabble into at some point or? Absolutely. And I, I feel beyond a passion, I feel a duty to that mm. you know i say my tagline is a sierra leonean washingtonian traveling the world well yes. i can't ignore the first part which is sierra leone yeah. so absolutely i talked about uh, the importance of that project with true africa mm-hmm. for me discovering um or the youth culture and what's going on in that um arts and culture space I would love to see an arts festival there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see artists from Sierra Leone on a wider scale exhibited at international art fairs. I have a lot of hopes for that, um, for the art industry there. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, awesome. That's really awesome to hear. I'm, and I have no doubt that as long as it is God's will and you put it up to his throne, it will come to fruition because <laughs> there truly is a lot of art um, happening in that space. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that all comes together. Um, you've been, you've traveled to a lot of countries. Um, tell us how many countries have you traveled to so far or what was your most recent one you traveled to so far? Ooh, I, (laughs) I need to keep track of this. (laughs) Um, I, gosh, my guess would be, uh, 12 to 15 okay, countries nice. that I've traveled nice. to. Nice. nice, um, nice. What's your favorite re- or most recent that you enjoyed? Oh. Yeah, well, most recent, I was in Dakar in Senegal at the end of October, beginning of November. Nice. And it's such a short trip, but, you know, short and impactful. 
Lovely. I just fell in love with that country. And I flew from New York and it only took about six or seven hours. Awesome. So a very short flight um, in love with that country. And they've got a big art event happening um, in May that mm. I look forward to, to attending and having more time on the ground there. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I saw some of the photos from Senegal. I love Senegal as well. I haven't been in over 10 years, and I just, oh, like, I need oh. to make it out. I wish I knew about this art um, this art fair, because there's a, there's a possibility that I'll be around the region at that time. But let's see. Oh, well, we, we can chat offline, and I'll tell yes, you all about sure. it. For sure. <laughs> I know you can't wait to share, to share more yes. about that. Um, one of the things we like to talk about with our listeners is um faith which we've talked about and also just wellness like how we take care of ourselves as women um you know doing amazing things so i'm sure travel is a huge part of your wellness and you can definitely speak to that um but what else what other ways do you um take care of yourself self-care so that you don't burn out um so that you know what are some of the things that you do just to to make sure that you're healthy mentally physically emotionally spiritually yeah when it comes to self-care yeah self-care is so important um i did experience burnout a few years ago when i went on a trip with my mom and i wasn't even fully engaged in it because i was so anxious about deadlines and writing and she expressed her concern to me and then i at that point i realized you know, you got to take it, put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Work is work. Work is important. But you also need to live in the moment and enjoy your family and friends. Yeah. So what I got very conscious about doing last year was taking off days, just mm-hmm. days of rest. And when I could, actually making it on a weekday. Mm-hmm. We, I think we tend to get so consumed with the nine to five, Monday to Friday hustle. For some people, it's a seven day a week hustle. Mm-hmm. So I would take weekdays where I'd have the phone on silent or off and just I'd be in bed, but I'd be, you know, whether it's reading my Bible or watching a movie or, or it's just something relaxing and purposefully take that day off. Mm. That really, really helped me focus. Um, the other thing I do, I write a lot professionally, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy writing. So I... I bought a separate journal where I write just for the heck of it, just what comes to my mind without the pressure of saying, Oh, it must be published. Mm. Um, Just write things I enjoy. Sometimes about art, sometimes just letters to God, sometimes just notes for myself, Um, variety of topics, but that keeps me engaging in my craft without the pressure to perform or produce. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody about um, the pressure to perform and produce, which was one of the reasons you remember there was a time I produced a lot of writing. Um, Yes. And then I just kind of went quiet a little bit because I felt like it was starting to get to that. And I was like, oh, no, my God, so you got to take a step back. And so for some time now, I've just been kind of every now and then I'll release like a piece or two, like once or twice a year. But for the most part, I do um, the other part of what you you also do for the self-care piece, which is like just write in journals and things like that. But mm-hmm. I'm slowly coming out, coming back out. So we'll see <laughs> what, <laughs> what it comes to to surface. I mean, God has really just been pushing me more towards the faith 
faith-based writing and everything. And that's, I guess, what happens when God begins to take total control. Exactly. <laughs> you <laughs> no longer belong to yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Give him room and let him in and amazing things happen. <laughs> yeah, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. I wanted to ask you if there was any advice. Let's say there's a young person who's like, you know what I really want to do? You know, some of the amazing things that Nadia is doing. I'm really interested in the arts. I'm interested in just traveling and just seeing art fairs and understanding art more and art projects, etc. What would you advise if you would if you would tell them three things of just like how to enter into the world of art, culture and travel? What what would it be? Wow. Um I'm thinking of what my top three would be. I would say explore the arts and culture spaces around you mm. and not necessarily museums, um, you know, cultural inspiration can come from theater, um, dance, different, there are many forms of artistic expression. So not to be limited to just one definition of, um, what art could be because art Mm -hmm. expresses itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say secondly, social media for the Sometimes the ills that it it produces has Mm -hmm. great features, um, meaning discovering artists on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, following some arts and culture blogs. Mm -hmm. um, That would be also helpful. And third, to enter the arts and culture space, um, I think that sometimes people think there are rules in art in terms of, oh, I'm supposed to like this for this reason, but that's not as good for a different reason. Mm. Um, I will say follow your heart Mm. and be committed to what you like. Be truthful about, um, to yourself, I mean, be truthful about what you like. And I think that the doors will open naturally. Mm. Sounds great. One last question. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you dreaming about? Let's say in the next 10 years, granted, God has all the plans, but ideally, where would you like to see this space, the art space and yourself and um, in relation to just your work, your life, culture, travel, Africa, diaspora? What are you dreaming about? Wow. <laughs> You really got the questions. <laughs> I picked it all around. Blame the Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, these, it, it's it's so interesting because these are things that like I talk to God about on a personal level, but no one's no one asks. So I I keep it. You know, I'm, I'm a private person, so I just yeah, keep I, know. It, uh, I know hidden within. So am I. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it can be one that you don't mind sharing with the world. <laughs> Um, okay. I'll always enjoy writing. Mm. So, um, still, uh, being a contributor to different platforms. Mm. Um, I'd also like to get into the public relations space Mm. in relationship to art a bit more. Mm. Um, and working, you know, if not exclusively doing a lot of my work on the continent. Sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Well, it has really 
been a pleasure talking to you. You're always oh, thank you a so breath much. of fresh air <laughs> in so many ways and so inspiring. I know that, you know, the art space wouldn't be the same if you weren't in it. So I'm so excited to see you you blazing this trail and enjoying it. I think it's so important when I see African women doing their thing, especially from countries like our country. We're a small country. You know, when you hear about this return to Africa movement, you just hear the Nigerians and the Ghanaians, you know, but it's like there's so much to our culture, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, we're here, we're thriving, (laughs) we're flourishing, and it's so beautiful to hear your story, and I'm sure there's so much more, but thank you for sharing a piece of yourself with us (laughs) today and drinking tea and pepper soup with us and We truly, truly, truly appreciate you. I wanted to, if there was one thing you would leave with our listeners, if there's a particular Bible verse that I guess you've been meditating on uh, most recently uh, that you'd like to share with us before you say goodbye. So the one that comes to mind is Proverbs, Mm. the book of wisdom. Mm. And I'm going to, take it to where we all know chapter three Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm going to take us down to verse five Mm -hmm. and trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths and that's my my guiding light verse so beautiful. Absolutely. So beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. I pray that this year is an amazing year for you. I pray that everything you believe in God for, it comes to pass. I pray that God will direct every step. I pray that everywhere you step will be illuminated because of the light of Jesus Christ that is within you. I pray that God will enlarge your territory. I pray that you will go places you never imagined because God is leading you into these spaces. And I pray nothing but blessings and favor for you. And I look forward to chatting with you on a on a different yeah. space, maybe a different platform. You never know. I just feel like this is only the beginning. So thank you for coming and sharing your light with us today. We appreciate Amen. you. Amen. And thank you for having me. This was such an excellent opportunity. Um, and I I look up to you, <laughs> honestly, for, for the work that you're doing, um, not only for our, our girls at home and for women's empowerment here, but that you're so vocal um, oh, about your okay. faith and so grounded and it's really, really inspiring to me. Um, you know, as I told you offline, I've been wanting to share a bit about my faith story and my faith journey. I don't always talk about it um, publicly, you know, especially on social platforms. Yeah. I, I just don't touch on it. But this has been just a great opportunity to um, have a chat over some tea and pepper soup. Yes. <laughs> about <laughs> God's faithfulness and yes. your you're really such a jewel in his crown, Maya, too. Oh, so thank you so much. I thank, thank you. Him. We thank God. We bless God. Thank you yes. so much, Nadia. And thank you for being on Tea of Pepper Soup. My name is Moya Tsubani Akista. I am your host today. And you have just listened to Nadia Sisse and myself talk about art, culture, and travel on Tea and Pepper Soup, the podcast.